Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. You're listening to the DCAU Review, hosted by Cal and Liam. Streaming on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, and at dcaureview.com. Now, here's today's episode. Hey everybody, welcome to episode 82 of the DCAU Review. I am Liam, and with me as always is Cal. Cal, we are wrapping up the month of November, we are wrapping up our final time in the world of Batman the Animated Series, for this year anyway, and uh, we got an interesting episode to go out on. Absolutely. So we are talking today about the... Technically, I guess it's season two, maybe not. It originally uh, originally aired in the very first season. I don't know. Uh, second DVD set. How about yes. that of uh, of Batman the animated series? We were talking about Night of the Ninja. Yeah, as you alluded to, this actually aired much earlier on than even some of the episodes we'll talk about even later in in, in the in these volumes but uh in the production order it was uh it was here in this second season second volume whatever you want to whatever you want to call it but yeah we have a as you mentioned it's night of the ninja it's an episode that delves into bruce wayne's past a little bit and kind of sets up a a new threat for him uh but before we get into discussing the plot music visuals and voice acting as we always do we're going to start off with my favorite part of it and that is, of course, the episode synopsis that I copy and then read from IMDb. <laughs> this is always the great part part of the episode, Liam, the best part. Now, just uh, for everybody at home, this episode debuted on October 26th, 1992. So just a few weeks past the 27th anniversary of this episode. So, yeah. uh, man, 27 years ago, this, uh, this thing debuted before you were even alive. <laughs> How about that? <laughs> uh, yes, but as we mentioned, this is Night of the Ninja, an episode that was written by Steve Perry. Not the guy from Journey. Uh, different one. <laughs> different, um, different guy. Yeah, and uh, directed by Kevin Altieri. And that synopsis reads as such. A former fellow student of one of Bruce Wayne's old senseis begins stalking the billionaire in revenge as a ninja. <laughs> that, is not, that is not IMDb's best work, I have to say. <laughs> Mostly because I don't think any of those were complete sen- That was a real long run-on sentence. As a ninja. As a ninja. Got it. Talking the billionaire in revenge as a ninja. But that is basic, uh, basically, as it always does. It at least sort of explains what happens. But, mm-hmm. yeah, the, the episode opens with uh, Wayne Cosmetics, I believe it is. We learned so many Wayne things. Yeah, he, uh, he apparently, it's kind of like, I mean, we talked about that in Superman, how Lex Luthor has, like, 38 different businesses and uh, owns, I think he even says, like, he owns, like, 70% of Metropolis, whether people realize it or not, or something like that. But apparently Bruce is kind of the same thing here in Gotham as he he has a apparently a very very uh wealthy and and profitable cosmetics company as <laughs> this mysterious ninja shows up uh white uh, attacks a security guard steals a bunch of money and uh, as we find out later also steals the bank codes for that specific business 
Uh, we then what? find, we, <laughs> yeah, through some uh, expositional dialogue as we see Bruce and Dick training, uh, we find out that this is like the sixth or seventh uh, Wayne business that's been attacked or, or vandalized or stolen from in the last month. Um, Bruce, once he sees that a ninja star was using the attack, begins to have these flashbacks to his time training in Japan, including to his uh, his sort of tiff that he had with this other student uh, named Kyodaiken. And of course, as as fate would have it, uh, and it turns out that the ninja and Kyotaiken are in fact one and the same. What are the chances? As as we discover when Robin hits him with a battering, which tears the back of his suit, and then Bruce sees his very familiar back tattoo. Everyone, you know, you're always going to be undone by a tattoo on your back. That's I think that's what we learned this week. But uh, but yeah, I guess from there it's it's kind of straightforward. Bruce trying to find a way to stop him. There's also kind of a subplot with Summer Gleason trying to get to the bottom of why this why this ninja character is uh, targeting Bruce Wayne so aggressively and and trying to dig into his past and and from there. But uh, I guess big picture thoughts, Cal. What did you think of the plot of Night of the Ninja? Um. I I didn't hate it, I guess is the nicest thing I could say about it. Um, it's not a bad episode. I think overall the plot is okay. I think it's interesting. I appreciate that we get some more of Batman's origin story sort of filled in. There you develop some ancillary characters with this ninja guy and then um, uh, his sensei that actually comes into play later on in a couple additional places we, we yeah. learn. Um so maybe even in Justice League Unlimited, I recall, isn't isn't there a uh, samurai in the epilogue episode? Yeah, is that one of the Royal Flush Gang members? Maybe I don't know. Anyway, doesn't matter. Anyway, uh, there, I feel like there's another flashback at some point where we see this character, and like it's sort of alluded to that this is Bruce's sensei. But uh, regardless, yeah, it's 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 an interesting idea, and I I, I kind of like the idea of Bruce having a rival, someone that developed in this training center that didn't accept him because he's this rich white guy from America that's yeah. come to uh, train <laughs> which uh, fair enough to be <laughs> absolutely absolutely and and the whole thing of you know the the guys cute i can's beef with bruce is that he's this you know pampered white guy rich white boy who comes over and has you know the world on a silver platter handed to him whereas you know the the rest of the world has to work for things and you know it's not not as easy for other people of course Kyodai Ken is clearly also insane, so right. that's why he ends up trying to steal a priceless sword that and gets kicked out, so he blames Bruce. Um, I would have been perfectly fine with this just being a straight-up revenge story of him coming back to just ruin Bruce. Yeah. I feel like the story takes a weird left turn like they had to make this guy, and Summer Gleason even comments, she's like, you're just a common criminal like yeah. a common thief because yeah as i mentioned near near the end there he's like oh and also when i was vandalizing all your businesses i also got all your bank codes so i'm gonna steal all of your money Which, what a ridiculous i mean i know it's 1992 and technology was not or and or maybe the 1930s or maybe the 1930s who knows right but 
it still like <laughs> you're not just gonna steal somebody's quote-unquote bank codes and steal all of their money and it just disappear like what right. a ridiculous what a ridiculous plot right uh that sort of flipped this episode on its heels a little bit i like the fact that robin plays a, a somewhat major role in this episode because yeah. he it Gives strength to the Robin character. We talked a couple weeks ago during Robin's Reckoning. There hasn't been a lot of fleshing out of this character. That episode did a lot for fleshing out who Robin is. This actually shows Robin training with Bruce. Bruce sort of training Robin in the martial arts. And then uh, Robin aiding Batman as Bruce Wayne when he's, yeah. when he's asked Bruce Wayne. In, uh, and sort of holding his own against this clearly black belt ninja yeah uh that gave batman a run for his money so mm-hmm. it's some good good robin in this episode um overall i you know i think it's just a very very weird left turn out of nowhere that like i said that turns into he's gonna steal all of bruce's money he's not just gonna ruin him he's gonna steal all his money too right just, just ridiculous and it's it kind of feels very uh, plot device ish that they had to have Summer Gleason get captured so Bruce couldn't just straight up kick the ninja's ass right away. Right. Uh, which is weird because I don't think you needed to tell that story because he clearly had issues fighting him on the rooftop. Yeah. That, that when they're when they first meet, the ninja gets the best of him and Robin has to sort of save Batman from dying, getting his right. head chopped off. And to be fair, at this point, Kyodai Ken does not appear to know that Batman and Bruce are the same person. True. And he does so like he uses gas when he fights Batman, whereas with Bruce he's trying to have like a a straight up, you know, hand to hand fight. Right. So, but yeah, you had to create a reason why Bruce couldn't just fight him one on one, which was Summer Gleason is watching and he can't do his Batman moves while Summer's watching. So Which feels like a very like we we've said that a lot over the last month, I feel like, but it feels <laughs> like a very batman 66 plot device is he, yeah. you know, he goes to do his ninja moves but then he realizes he can't because he'll expose his secret identity and then robin rolls a carpet down over top yes. of summer gleason in order to protect it it's a little much um it's not it's not i wouldn't put this in a bad episode plot category no. um but it's not it's not super good either uh, i just kind of went middle of the road five out of ten for plot what about you yeah i'm a little stronger but just barely i'm six out of ten like i said i, I do appreciate that there's some sort of resolution because kind of throughout the whole episode robin and alfred are talking about how batman like won't accept help and he won't talk about why he's so frazzled by this ninja guy and and all that and uh and finally at the end robin kind of finds a way to help him while still allowing batman to kind of or bruce to kind of exercise this demon on his own and at the end bruce kind of somewhat begrudgingly maybe but kind of gives dick props for it and, and thanks him for for getting involved because he he was i guess for i guess was bruce prepared to just die if if robin wasn't there i don't know he seems to be i was just about to say it seems needlessly secretive in this episode like he has a very similar reaction to robin that he had to robin and robin's reckoning yes where he cuts him off and doesn't really want to share the information so robin has to go and do his own detective work maybe that's what they were trying to do is show that robin mm-hmm. is equal detective even though in robin's reckoning he just puts the information into computer and this 
this yes. episode, he just goes to Alfred and asks some questions. <laughs> but I, I don't know. I don't know what the purpose of why Bruce needed to be so hush hush about this because it's not at the at the end. Like he was, he explains that he was afraid that Kyuta Ken was going to kill Robin too, right. or that this was something that he had to do on his own for honor or what, right. whatever to you know to defend the honor of his right. sensei. Or... And the, yeah, they they get a little bit more into this in in the sequel episode. Spoiler alert: uh, Day of the Samurai about kind of the difference between a ninja and a samurai in in Japanese culture and why you know Batman you know wants to fight for honor whereas Kyodai Ken fights for you know power and money but yeah here in this episode and again as as of the time this aired you would have no idea i mean he he doesn't capture the ninja at the end the ninja jumps out a window and lands in like a and, you know splashes into a reservoir and we just never they say they never found his body so you're kind of aware that he's out there, but you wouldn't know that there's going to be a direct sequel to this episode coming. So as it stands, it's kind of like this guy who has an issue with Bruce and Bruce is kind of being needlessly like cagey with, with Robin and and then Robin helps him and Bruce kind of says, all right, good job kid. And then that's, that's sort of where we leave it. But yeah, overall, I again, I don't think it's a terrible episode. There's certainly some fun parts in it, and it was cool to see you know Robin get to be a pretty useful part of the episode and not just the quip machine this week. But uh, yeah, overall, kind of uh, kind of just in the middle of the pack there. Agreed. And we are moving right along, Cal. We will go to visuals and animation next. This is another one that's I think there are some cool moments. Uh, definitely some cool shots. Uh, some of the animation of the different weapons used is well done, but also, and we talk. It seems like it ends up being when we talk about Batman the Animated Series, we end up talking about more about the animation itself and guys being off model, and we've talked about that because when when Superman and the New Batman Adventures came, they kind of made a conscious decision to really uh, simplify the designs of everyone so that people wouldn't be so off model so often and. But this is definitely an example of every... And it's not super bad. It's not the tick-chin Batman. Robin doesn't look terrible or anything. But everyone just looks a little bit off. And I don't know if some of that's in the storyboarding or if that's in the, the animation. I believe this is another one done by Dong Yang. But uh, either way, it was uh, it was kind of just a little off for me. And also some of the like the shadow work was weird, I thought. Yeah, there's a couple of scenes where it's supposed to be the the scene in particular that that I'm thinking of is the epi- or the part of the episode where they're on the rooftop, the first interaction between the ninja and Batman, and mm-hmm. it's the ninja jumps on the roof and it looks like a bright middle of the day shot, <laughs> and then the next thing you know they actually cut to the sky and the clouds roll over the moon, and then the clouds roll again and Batman appears. And it, it's clearly nighttime at that point. And right. the scene sort of darkens a little bit, but it still looks to be middle of the day, bright shining. Yeah. I get it's a full moon, but you're in the middle of a city. It doesn't matter. <laughs> like there, there's right. light pollution. Like that's a thing. I don't I don't know. Maybe I'm nitpicking too much here, but that's what we do here at the DCA. Correct. We nitpick. <laughs> um, yeah. Yeah. There are, People look a little off model. I thought it was an interesting choice not to give the ninja any sort of suit highlight. So he is stark contrast, paint can fill and MS paint black mm-hmm. as midnight for yeah. the suit. And there's no sort of definition of sort of hands or feet or knuckles or n- no sort of shadow, which is interesting because uh, – Going back, and if you ever if you've ever read the Batman animated book, 
um, that sort of chronicles a lot of the stuff from Batman the Animated Series. Mm-hmm. Uh, very, very good good book. Recommend getting it. It's very hard to get nowadays yeah. from what I understand, but if you have the opportunity to pick it up, please do. Uh, but, you know, they if you look at the original way that the character models were drawn for Batman, they always made sure to, to tell the animation team of how they wanted Batman's backlighting done so that it wasn't stark contrast of, I mean, it wasn't a, a black on on background type right. look that he had to have those suit highlights. So I th- felt like it, it wasn't, it wasn't awful. It wasn't the case where we've seen it in episodes like pretty poison, which is available in the archives at dcaureview.com mm-hmm. where you have these characters that are drawn in later on that don't have much shadow work done. And it looks like a bad cartoon from that era. <laughs> so it doesn't look bad. It just looks weird. And I thought it was an odd choice not to give him any sort of, backlighting at all for Mm -hmm. his costume when everybody else around him has has highlights on their their costume um he's not a very interesting looking character i i I jokingly said as we were watching this episode that that uh somebody was watching the old gi joe cartoons and was like what if snake eyes (laughs) was a batman bill right (laughs) um so you know as a character you know some some cool he runs very uniquely he has Mm -hmm. that uh lurch forward and and run he does the naruto run yeah yes which i thought was thought was pretty cool um the tattoo on his back looks like a very uh, traditional japanese tattoo uh, if you're familiar with any it's pretty accurate as far as japanese tattoos are concerned mm-hmm. uh, I, I thought that was an, a neat look but there's nothing too terribly visually eye-grabbing in this episode yeah. that i thought was great and because of that you go back to the characters and whether or not they're on model or not and you're right a lot of them they don't look bad, but there's just something that's a little off about them. Yeah, I think I think to me maybe the standout sequence is probably when Robin and the ninja have their little fight near the end of the episode. And it's very brief, but it's just they have a little hand-to-hand thing. The ninja pulls out his sword. He cuts one of the support beams of the water tower that's on top of the building. And the water comes splashing down, basically washes Robin away off the building and uh, you see, as the ninja looks down, you see all the water running down the building, and then they kind of show you at the end there that Robin had been able to catch a windowsill on his way down. And uh, I thought that's a, that was really well done. Um, but uh, yeah, as you mentioned, and then the final scene, they're in a like a warehouse. There's like a couple of random statues, and as we mentioned, a stack of carpeting which had <laughs> to be there for. Uh, so that Robin could use his his slingshot, you know that famous Robin weapon, a slingshot, of course, uh, to to knock the to knock the carpet over Summer Gleason's head. So I will that say Bruce could fight him. I will say that the 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 hand to hand combat fights, whether it's in the flashback to the the dojo mm-hmm. where they're sort of the the camera sort of pans around and circles as the as uh, Kudai and Bruce are sort of circling each other, and then that's again sort of. Uh, done in the scene with Robin versus the ninja, and then again done in the scene, the, the very final scene where Bruce is fighting uh, Kyoto Ken. I, I think that that was done very mm-hmm. uniquely and done really well. Um, but it's also the same same thing done three different times. I think is is sure. It do, it's like do something new. <laughs> yeah. The the other only thing is in the flashbacks they kind of all have this sepia tone mm-hmm. filter over them, which. I think gives it sort of the harkening back to like an old kung fu movie from the, sure. the 60s and 70s maybe or some other kind of old uh, old old older movie like that. So it's an interesting idea and it 
uh, I, I like they kind of the the way to make Bruce Wayne look young is they just give him bangs, <laughs> like and I and I get and like he's a little he looks a little smaller like he's not quite as he's a little skinnier yeah, yeah. he's, a, he's I, it, they don't they don't give a specific age he's supposed to be uh, he looks maybe around the same age as maybe when we see him in uh, this uh, this looked pre like Phantasm to me or obviously pre Robin's Reckoning right. era so. He's a bit younger than even then, so this might be like supposed to be like college age Bruce or, mm-hmm. or something like that. But yeah, uh, overall, I guess we can get into scores here, Cal. I gave visuals and animation again. I thought it was good, not great, and some of those things that we mentioned uh, kind of brought it down for me. So I ended up giving visuals and animation a six out of ten. Uh, I happen to give it the same exact score, <laughs> six out of ten. Just well, as a reminder, we don't share our scores with correct. each other, so this came about uh, totally organically. Absolutely, but, yeah, six out of ten for me as well. All right, and moving right along to, I think Cal maybe the strongest part of this whole episode, and that is in fact the music. Uh, all of the flashback scenes have a, a very. Uh, uh, I'm afraid of what word to use to describe it. <laughs> There's a lot of flute music, like uh, it's very culturally appropriate. Yes, yes, it's it's. I I, I don't know if that would be described as Japanese inspired music, yeah, uh, that's, Asian. That's a good way. Of uh, uh, Oriental culture. I'm not. And I I again. I'm not. <laughs> I hope I'm using the right words. I'm certainly not trying to offend anyone by it. But they use that movie, and I, it never came across. And we'll actually get to that in voice acting too. It never came across as like a stereo, a stereotypical like. No one gives like a big speech about honor, and there aren't any like Mickey Rooney type Asian stereotype accents used. Um, so I thought they were they were honestly I thought very respectful of that culture, and it, and they established that you know his training as a samurai, and again we'll see that more in the sequel episode, but uh, that this does mean a lot. This is very personal to Bruce. That this is sort of where he maybe develops some more of that sense of honor and justice that drives him as Batman. And I, I thought the music plays a part of that of of, of him fighting with Kyotai Ken in the past, and then also kind of being taught by by his sensei uh, sensei yoru and then in the present day we actually get a, a theme for the ninja which is funny that a character that's kind of this low on the totem pole still got a, a pretty unique theme for their episode as well yeah it, it really th- that theme in particular really builds the anticipation of the the fight and the battle and it plays a lot during those moments of where the camera is sort of panning around and mm-hmm. circling and, and it builds to this crescendo of uh, of instruments and it brings it really heightens the excitement um, of when the clash is actually going to begin. So I, I, I think it it does harken back to maybe some of those kung fuish movies or mm-hmm. or those you know those movies those karate movies from the sixties and seventies and certainly brings about uh, memories from that. So they I think they do a great job of paying tribute to those like you said without without being disrespectful without being stereotypical yeah. in what they chose to do, uh, which. Kudos to them. This was not a time where that was something that was necessarily <laughs> thought about or right. cared about, uh, certainly in the, as much as as it is here in the year 2019. So, uh, kudos to them for that. Yeah, the music to the for this episode stands out. Like you said, it's uh, there's the Japanese inspired music throughout the beginning and definitely through the flashbacks and then that that ninja theme that comes in mm-hmm. um, that actually plays a big role for my recollection in the day of samurai which uh, we'll be reviewing the next time that we cover batman yep. the animated series well not the next episode but in the next month that yes. we cover batman <laughs> the animated series 
Uh, we'll be covering that one. So definitely look forward to hearing that again. But uh, yeah, it's uh, it's very, very strong. And this is a case of an episode where we've already talked about maybe the plot wasn't so great. Animation hasn't been super, super good. But this is a case where the music brings up the value and brings up the, the score of the episode yeah. for being how good it is and how what it added to it. So kudos again. We can't say enough great things about Shoei Walker and the things that, that she did for this Absolutely. cartoon. Taking things like this where episodes that may be considered mediocre or, or sort of you know subpar and taking them and, and bringing the score up uh, for that reason because i love the music in this episode and it's so strong i gave it a perfect 10 out of 10 yeah i'm right not say ballpark i went 9 out of 10 it's uh it's great for all the reasons that we've mentioned here um and again it's just always fun and we, we've talked about that with certain other episodes that kind of seem like throwaway episodes or episodes that don't feature a big major villain you wouldn't necessarily uh, you know, if if you'd asked me before, uh, you know, before I sat down to watch this today, uh, what's the theme of the ninja in Batman? I probably couldn't have told you, but once I heard it again, I was like, oh yeah, this is great, and and that's something that can happen in a lot of those those type of episodes here. And uh, yeah, today was another great example of that, Cal. Yep. And that brings us to our final category, which is of course voice acting. Uh, we have some some guest players. Obviously, we have the returning Marie Devon as Summer Gleason who is there to just be a giant pain in everyone's <laughs> buttocks. We get to see see some more of her just delivering news reports uh, mm-hmm. in this episode. She, there's a odd scene that seems a little bit out of place where she goes and talks to the editor of, I guess, the TV station? Yeah. And uh, where she's talking about how she's going to pursue Bruce Wayne to find out what, what the secret is behind behind uh his you know this this person that's clearly has a personal attack against the wayne name. yeah um so yeah i i think she does she does a decent job it's fine and then we have uh we have uh chow lee chi uh as sensei yoro um most famously was probably a character in big trouble in little china which okay. is a pretty famous kurt russell uh movie from the uh from the mid 80s um he again. He doesn't have a lot to do in this episode. I believe he comes back in, uh, in again in Day of the Samurai, and we get to hear more from him. But uh, he he's he's a good uh, uh, a good a good sensei, a good uh, a good wise teacher to uh, kind of impart some wisdom on Bruce. And uh, I also uh, again, as we mentioned in music, and uh, we'll mention here in voice acting, it was an actual uh, you know a man of, of ja- a Japanese man playing a Japanese role, which again I don't think was. Uh, super common in voice acting roles uh, in uh, in this era. So you just have somebody doing a very racist interpretation, right? <laughs> so it's it's very cool that they actually uh, again it should it shouldn't be like oh my god what good what a good thing it is that they cast a Japanese man to play a Japanese man. But uh, again, different era, <laughs> and I but I do think that was worth pointing out. And then uh, of course we had uh, Robert Ito as Kyodai Ken slash the Ninja. Um, a lot of voice acting work in his repertoire, including playing uh, the Mandarin on the 1990s Iron Man animated series. Another animated series that's near and dear to our hearts, despite yes. being it's not good, not good. <laughs> at Second all. season was better when they like the animation. A lot of those cartoons went through like they put. I guess they put a little more money behind the later seasons of them. That and the Fantastic Four cartoon as well. Mm-hmm. But uh, yeah, that that first season's. Whew, 
pretty rough, but he, he in fact was the voice of the Mandarin there. I think he does a good job. Again, I think he's let down a little bit by what the details of the plot is. Mm-hmm. I think, as you said, if it had been just a straight revenge plot, things may have been even better than they were. Mm-hmm. But overall, I think he does a pretty good job as the, as the antagonist here. Yeah, he's not terrible. I, I would say that he probably, because he's a ninja, ironically, ninjas don't, don't talk much. Right. But <laughs> he has he does carry a lot of the conversation in the mode because it's a lot of taunting of Bruce and it's a lot of sort of, uh, I don't know, spiking the football once 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 he has Bruce captured. Yeah. Um, but yeah, it's it, it's perfectly fine. I, I was I didn't think there was anything wrong with his, his version of it. I'd be curious to see if he gets more time to shine because I feel like there's more of that sort of chiding and, um, you know, sort of uh, boasting and chest thumping in the next episode that he's in. So yes. it'll be interested to see how that how that continues to work out. And then, uh, of course, we have our, our leads here. We have Ephraim Zimbalist as Alfred in a brief brief role. We have uh, Lauren Lester as Robin. I think this is another good one for him. He does, again, <laughs> have some pretty cheesy lines. Yeah. Uh, some very 90s or maybe even like 80s insults to throw out like when he calls the ninja a dipstick yeah um but and uh so not everything's great <laughs> but again I, I i put that more in the writing i thought lauren lester did a pretty good job as robin again i like that he he had a role to play and it didn't feel like uh you know they just shoved him in to have him in the episode i thought lauren lester did a pretty good job there i agree um and then kevin conroy who I wouldn't say this is one of his better episodes, but he does get to flex uh, flex his muscles a little more because he has to play young Bruce. Mm-hmm. He plays, of course, Batman. He plays, you know, Bruce doing his Bruce Wayne voice. And then there's kind of like a hybrid of the two when before before Summer Gleason is uh, carpeted, she's she's watching him. So he's kind of he's doing the the fake Bruce Wayne voice where it's a little higher pitched, but he's speaking very seriously. So yeah. it's like a very, it's kind of weird to hear him, like, because most of the time that Bruce Wayne voice is used for almost, almost for comedy or for a lighter moment. And here he's he's doing the Bruce Wayne voice, but having this sort of serious standoff with Kyodai Ken. Um, like I said, I don't, I, like I said, I, I don't think this is his best episode, but I don't, I, I do appreciate that he had a lot to do and a lot of different uh, versions of Batman and Bruce Wayne's voice to do. I thought in particular that final scene with him and Dick at breakfast um, where Dick finally sort of is like, hey, am I going to get some thanks for doing, you know, for <laughs> yeah. helping you out here? And he he sort of relents and says, you know, it, it he shows a softer side of the hardened Batman voice. Like it, yeah. it was it was it took some chops. I appreciated it. Yeah. So I guess that'll bring us to our scores here for voice acting, Cal. I went, like I said, I think it's good. I don't think it's perfect. I don't think it's great. I gave it a 7 out of 10. Ha <laughs> ha. I also gave it a 7 out of 10. How about that? that? 3 out of 4. Reason. Hey, 3 out of 4, exact same scores. <laughs> and that'll bring us to our final scores. There we go. And, Cal, I am totaling up all of my scores, and I have a total of 28 out of 40. Unbelievable. I also have a score of 28 <laughs> out of 40. So uh, not a bad episode. Um, now, as far as watchability, rewatchability, watching this again, um, what would you say? Um, I, it's, it's funny. I think if you're watching Batman, if you're just trying to get through Batman the Animated Series, I would say yes. 
just because there is another episode that's a direct sequel to this episode. And it does flesh out who Bruce Wayne is a bit more. But if you're looking for just, like, cream of the crop, best of the whole DCAU, I think this is a skip. Yeah, we're getting to that point now where there are episodes that we know are coming down the line. Like, if we we didn't know that there was a sequel to this episode, would we say see it or skip it? And it's like, well, we know there's another episode down the line, so I guess you have to say see it because you would have to know whether this episode was in order to watch that episode. But not knowing whether or not we're going to say see or skip skip that episode, I don't know. Right, it might not be worth (laughs) it by the time we get there. So, yeah, it's it's hard to say because it's sort of a pseudo two-parter. Um, I, it's not mandatory watching, I would say. Mm-hmm. It's also, there's enough fun in it, I think, where you can watch it, sit down and enjoy it. Um, don't go out of your way to see it. It's not on, don't put it on your on your Netflix queue, I guess, yeah. uh, you know, or your DC Universe queue. Yep. Uh, speaking of which, <laughs> what a value that DC yeah. Universe is, am I right? Yep, and we aren't being paid, but we certainly would like to be. So. Don't forget, DC Universe, <laughs> if you're listening. Just a, rem- just a reminder. Just a reminder. Um, but yeah, it, don't go out of your way to put it on your queue, but hey, if it pops up when you're watching it, go ahead and sit down and watch it, sure. Yeah, I think that's fair. And that will wrap us up for today, Cal. Uh, Thank you, everybody, for listening. This was, of course, our 82nd episode. Uh, And, of course, as I've already probably tweeted out, and we probably posted it on our Instagram as well, Cal, but starting next month, do you want to let the listeners know what we'll be covering for the month of December? Absolutely. We are excited to head back to the future, but not the all the way future. Not the future. Not the future, no. We're headed uh, a little bit further in the timeline of the DC universe the animated universe here and we're going to be covering some justice league for the month of december so not just batman uh but batman superman wonder woman martian manhunter green lantern the flash and uh who else who knows who else will show up yeah so uh very excited to tackle some more of those and uh month of december's here end of the year already hard to crazy crazy to think about it so we we've we've packed so many reviews into this year done a lot of cool stuff and uh we're definitely excited to go out with a bang if you will with uh with our last month here of uh, of justice league reviews looking forward to that of course uh, as always, you can follow us on Twitter at DCAU Review. You can follow us on Instagram, same thing at DCAU Review. And that's it. And, that's it. <laughs> and until next week, I'm Liam. And I'm Cal. And we'll be back soon with another episode of the DCAU Review. Bye bye.